Welcome to the Drive Nut Podcast. It's Jared Feinberg. Alongside me is Devin Jackson, and we are your hosts for today's episode. Devin, good morning. How are you doing today, sir? What's up, Jared? I'm doing pretty good this morning, man. Uh, just watching the snowfall. It's snowing this morning in Pennsylvania, so. Snow? Uh, yeah, yeah, watching the snowfall, man. So, other than that, doing pretty good, man. Uh, getting ready for the Senior Bowl. It's next week, so definitely excited about that. So, uh, ready to talk some football, man. Even though, you know, didn't go, the weekend didn't go exactly how I wanted to in terms of NFL, but it is what it is. Yeah, bro. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that here shortly. Um, yeah. Speaking of snow, like yesterday, I woke up yesterday morning and I was like, there's snow outside of the ground. I had no idea it was supposed to snow. Like there was a good inch on the ground. I was like, roads are covered. Everything's covered. I'm like, oh, then by the late afternoon, it, it was all gone. But I mean, it was still interesting, you know, and now today it's just cloudy, nasty, just bleh. You know, and also I got homework later today in classes, so that's going to be fun to do. So, folks, I got a quick statement to make. Um, it's about the presidential inauguration tomorrow. Now, before I get started on this, I will not apologize to sticking to not sticking to sports uh, ever. Simple as that. If you don't like what I have to say about things that don't involve sports, well, Bye. You don't have to listen to this podcast. You don't have to follow me on Twitter. You don't have to follow Devin on Twitter. Simple as that. So four years. That's how long a president's term is. That's how long we have to put up with the bullshit that came out of Donald J. Trump's mouth. Some crazy folks say he's the greatest president of all time. He's the best president in World history, yeah, let's go, Trump, make America great again, yeah. How about this? He's arguably, and a lot of historians have said this, the worst president in this country's history. Leaving office, he has a 34% approval rating with a 61% disapproval rating. That's the worst Approval and disapproval rating for a U.S. president in a four-year term in U.S. history. That's not being a great, all-time great U.S. president. That's all-time worst, maybe the worst president in this country's history. That's terrible. Very, very terrible. Trump spread lies falsehoods, misinformation throughout his entire term. He said he was going to build a wall and that Mexico was going to pay for it. No, Mexico didn't pay a cent. And they barely built that wall. They built maybe, gosh, 300 miles of his so-called big wall, whatever. No. He, a lot of stuff he promised, he he didn't. He wasn't able to come through with. He called the rioters from the Charleston or, or the Charlottesville or Charlottesville. What was that town's called? What's the name of that town? I don't remember. Um, Charlottesville. Charlottesville. He called those 
white supremacists, great people, very great people, very great people. No. Those are racist assholes. Simple as that. He spread lies, falsehoods, misinformation about the pandemic, about the virus, about the COVID-19, about the COVID-19 virus, the coronavirus for months and has continued to do so, even while he is leaving the highest office in the country. And he did the same thing with the election, which he still continues to do, even though it was a fair election. There was no fraud. Nothing happened. There was no criminal thing that went down in the election. It was democracy at work. And at the end of the day, Joe Biden was elected president of the United States. And tomorrow for us, January 20th or today, whenever you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, it's today, January 20th. Joe Biden will be elected or has been elected as the 46th president of the United States. He sing Donald Trump single handedly embarrassed this country in front of the entire world for the last four years. After what happened on January 6th, we looked like complete and utter fools to the rest of the world. People outside of this country are asking, is democracy failing in front of our very own eyes in America? There is hope that it isn't. Democracy is still very much intact. We have finally, we have to honestly, you know, since he took office, this is what it's been like since he took office, since Trump took office. Now it's his final day. Tomorrow will be his final hours. And then by noon or even in the afternoon on Wednesday, January 20th, Donald Trump will no longer be president. But now today is a day to, you know, celebrate. He's gone. He's going to be gone after tomorrow. Donald Trump will no longer be president. It's a cause for celebration. For his followers, it's pain and suffering for them. You know, sure, they may be great people, but there are others that he calls great people that are actually racist, supremacists, anti-Semitic pieces of shit. Simple as that. Tomorrow, or today, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, we have a new president. President Joe Biden is here to help unite this country and bring it back together. It's going to take him a while to fix what Trump broke. But with him now as president, things should and will get better. I'm proud to say that I voted for Joe Biden. And I have my I have put my belief and trust into President Biden to get the job done the right way. You know, as the American people, we need to hold him accountable 
as we as we should for all future presidents, as we have for the entire time this country has been in in existence. We need to hold this president accountable. Biden is no exception to Trump in terms of being held accountable for his actions as president. Biden, you know, the thing with Trump is that people like entertainers and they got an entertainer in office. But it didn't go as what some people thought it would go back in 2016 during the during the election that year. Now we're going to have another boring U.S. president in office, which is completely OK, because maybe that's what we need. We just need president that would just put his head down and go to work, go to work and fixing this country, fixing democracy and bringing and uniting this country for the better. Making this country for the better. Here's to a better future in this country, to unity, to peace and love in the United States of America. That's all I got to say. Do you have anything to say, Devin, before we get started on some NFL divisional round reviews? Um, I really don't have too much to add to that. I think you uh, stated pretty eloquently. I just want to also add that. You know, uh, obviously we're moving on to a president that's hopefully more, you know, competent and, and brings kind of back that respect level, uh, to America. Cause right now in a lot of countries, we're considered a joke or, or not taken seriously. You know, we have, especially over the last month or two, you know, with the attacks on the Capitol and such, it looks like we're one of those countries that are, you know, about to go to war with inside our own country. So, you know, having Joe Biden come in and be our next president, we really got to rebuild where we were beforehand and try to reestablish those relationships that we have with other countries. But, you know, a lot of attention goes on uh, Donald Trump, but uh, and deservedly so. But our state representatives, man, our Congress, they have to be better, too. Um, And they help enable the behavior that Donald Trump had over the last four years. Uh, instead of taking a stand, they just wanted to align with their party uh, and even some, you know, more on the radical side Democrats as well. So they enabled this behavior and, and we were here four years later, much worse off than we were when he took office. And we could have saw that coming. I know he's not someone that was trying to come in and bring the country together. And he enabled a lot of these white supremacists and, and racists to, to be exactly who they are. And we saw it on full display at the Capitol. We saw it in uh, Charlottesville a couple of years ago. We've seen it all over the country, really. So, yeah, I remember when it was time to vote, you know, they had people trying to scare off voters in Texas. So it's, it's one of those things where now they feel emboldened and we really have to work to get back to getting to that that place of unity. And I feel like we are so far away from it right now because of who was in office and and the fact that he didn't denounce those uh, people in Charlottesville. He didn't denounce the Capitol until it was way too late, uh, the Capitol attacks. And like I said, Congress just allowed him to be exactly who he was, spread lies on Twitter, 
call all the media fake news. Just it's it's a long list of things that he did that I feel like it's going to take a while to really repair, you know, especially for the media, building that trust with at least a good portion of Americans that believed in and follow Trump. You know, it's it's going to take a while to get back to that place of level and comfort. So I'm hoping Joe Biden brings in, uh, you know, not only a positive attitude, but have a plan to, you know, kind of get us back to where we were beforehand and, you know, not be worse off in four years than we were when he took office and and make tremendous strides in, in Congress as well, working for the people and not just align yourself with you know, the president and just following whatever he does, you know, truly give people what they need. We need more than $600 stimulus checks. Uh, we need more than what they're giving us right now. We're in a pandemic, man, you know, and we gotta, we gotta get these vaccines out too. You know, it's time that we finally start to get back to normalcy in life. And the only way to do so, we gotta get vaccinated. You gotta give people adequate money to, survive because six hundred dollars isn't going to do anything especially from a fat for a family of four five or six like that's that's nothing to them you know so we we really got to take a step to be better and uh it, it starts with with congress and the the people in the, the top office we got to be better uh, as a unit work together and and not spend all the session time in, in congress and and whatnot arguing and, and trying to get something done and, and help change America. You're on point there, bro. Um, we, we need to get back to normalcy. Um, some sense of normalcy. Um, you know, like some people are saying, you know, once we have these vaccines and once we hit herd immunity, once we hit that 70%, 75% threshold, um, for people to be vaccinated around this country and to return to some sort of normalcy. We, it won't really be normal because we're still, we still have, um, the fights against, uh, the fights for or against, uh, social injustice, uh, racial inequality and all that. There, that's the normal for me that you know, we can't go back to just ignoring that. We have to continue pressing on that and continue for years to come and decades to come to hopefully force our local governments, our state governments, our state or local and state representatives, even Congress to make changes to help further unite this country. So, like you said, we, we still have a long ways to go, but, you know, I think a start would be probably day one with Biden having with him making all these executive orders in day one, which he will more than likely make. And it will be a very busy news day um, after he's inaugurated uh, and also afterwards. You know, we don't know what how he's going to, you know. Is he going to talk to all 50 governors? How is he going to really distribute better with the vaccine? Like, There's so much unknown, really, with Biden, even though there's a lot of, okay, this is what he plans on doing, but will he actually do it? That's why we need to hold him accountable. So, you know, here's to the better. Here's to 
unity in this country, a better future in this country. Um, so there's that. All right. Let's talk about some football. Let's talk about the NFL divisional round from this past weekend. First game we're going to start off with Packers, Rams. Packers beat the Rams 32 to 18. Rodgers and company were just an incredible unit again. Um, LA made it close, um, at one point in the game, but a Rodgers touchdown lay in the fourth quarter to Alan Lazard basically sealed the deal. Um, just heartbreaking loss for the Rams. You know, they got a big win over Seattle in the, in the wild card round. Um, they were like, oh, people, there were some people that are like, oh, this, this team, this team could possibly get to the Super Bowl because their defense is playing well. But when you're playing Aaron Rodgers, who will more than likely be the league MVP, that's a tough ask. And the Rams fought hard. They did. They fought all the way down to the final snap. It, it's just, it's a shame that they weren't able to get the job done. Um, seeing Aaron Donald emotional on the sideline, um, at the very end of the game, uh, really hit home because, you know, he suffered that rib injury, um, against Seattle. He ended up playing this week, um, wasn't really the same as he usually is. He's probably the most dominant player in the NFL, arguably. Um, you know, it, it was just not a good day to be a Rams fan. I'll just say that. Um, and the Rams will have a very interesting offseason. They don't have a first-round pick. They don't have a lot of cap space. What are they going to do with some of their players? I know they're still going – I mean, they'll still have Jared Goff, Aaron Donald, um, Jalen Ramsey. They all have their contract extensions. They're fine. They're set. They're not getting moved. But what's it going to be like for the rest of the roster? You know, you still got to resign some guys. It, it's just going to be a really interesting offseason for the Rams. Um Will they be, will they be back in the playoffs next year? We'll just have to wait and see how the offseason goes to really make a good prediction on what they'll do next offseason. Again, I was really low on the Rams, uh, coming into the 2020 season and they end up exceeding my expectations. I thought they were going to be a 10 loss team. They end up winning, uh, they end up going over 500 and they beat Seattle in the first round of the playoffs. So you get a playoff win. Um, this year, exceeding expectations just for myself, of course. Um, but now you got more question marks, you know. Can the Rams continue the success they have had offensively and defensively? Their defense is going to lose Brandon Staley, um, to the Chargers at the head coaching, for the Chargers head coaching position. Um, so, you know, there's going to be a lot of question marks with the Rams. But Aaron Rodgers and company, they'll be hang, they'll be hosting the NFC Championship this time around. Their second straight appearance in the, in the NFC Championship. Um, it'll be fun to watch them against Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers going head to head. We'll get to the Bucks here later on, but I want to know your thoughts from that game. Um, I didn't watch, um, there were some points where I had just like turned it off. I had stuff to do and whatnot, but I ended up keeping up with um, a good amount of the game. But from that game, what what showed you that, okay, the Packers probably they they seem like they're destined to be in the Super Bowl. Is this a is this a team that could probably blow out Tampa Bay? Are they capable of doing that? Or have, do you think they've learned from their mistakes that they made against Tampa Bay when they last played them earlier in the season? 
I think they definitely learn from their mistakes that they made. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like a situation just like last year with them. You know, they played the 49ers in a regular season and it wasn't close and they really didn't make adjustments in the NFC championship game either. But I think this time around it's different. You know, they got two great edge rushers, Preston Smith and Z- uh, Zadarius Smith and, uh, their defense is uh, really much improved. Jair Alexander only gave up one catch for negative three yards uh, in the entire game. Um, and they pretty much shut down the running game. That's what you got to do to beat these teams. You got to shut down the running game and you got to be able to get pressure. And they were able to do that against the Rams. Now against the Bucks, you're going to, have to do the same thing, you know, um, and we'll get to what, how the Bucks look offensively. But they didn't look all that impressive, really, in that game. You know, we'll, we'll talk more about that in just a few minutes. But um, the emergence uh, of some of the other guys, uh, Alan Lazard and uh, Marquez Va- Valdez-Scantling, and some of those other guys, uh, Tanyan, Robert Tanyan as well, they're all chipping in and doing great things. And Aaron Rodgers playing the best football of his career right now. You know, he's he's dealing you know, he's getting the ball out quick. And the, the biggest difference is he is able to, to just check it down to his running backs. You know, it's not one of those things where he's trying to make spectacular plays all the time. Now he's taking what the defense has given him. And when he's doing that, man, it's hard to beat him. You know, um, I know, you know, the Bucks DBs did a really good job stopping Michael Thomas, but Devontae Adams is a different animal. And, you know, if they're if the Bucks play man defense, it's gonna it might be a long day for them, especially if they can't get home with pressure. So I think the Packers are gonna be much more uh prepared. They have a, a three back running back uh rotation that can be deadly. Obviously Aaron Jones is phenomenal and he's gonna probably get a, a sizable contract this offseason, especially if the Packers don't pay him. AJ Dillon is is emerged, you know, uh to, to be a really solid rotational back for them. So the Packers look good, man. And then you look at the Rams side of things, man. They got a lot of question marks. They got to answer if Jared Goff is going to be the future for them. Uh, they really have no choice but to pay him. They're in a really bad contract with him, but he's still tough as hell, man. You know, as, as much as we malign, uh, Jared Goff for, for not being really that great of a quarterback, he's still a very tough competitor and he played with a, a messed up thumb. And he really had no choice. You know, uh, John Wolford was out with, out of the game with a concussion, but, uh, the, the offense, they, they're going to need some restructuring, man. They're, they're, they have to build that offensive line a little bit better. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, man, he was incredible coming back in just that few time, but I think it, the time is up. And then you look at the defense, Brandon Staley has to get a lot of credit for that defense and how well they were playing. Uh, and he instilled confidence in a lot of those players, but the development has to continue. And whoever they hire as defensive coordinator next, uh, he has his work cut out for him because they, like you said, they don't have a first round pick. So they're not going to be able to get that top end talent. So the later in the later rounds in the draft is going to be important for them and then getting contributors. You know, they can't get rid, right now they're in a kind of a limbo because they kind of have to win now. Because they're not really built to, you know, be a team that is going to be a threat five, ten years down the road, especially with how much money they got tied up in Ramsey, Donald, and Goff. So Rams are in a tough situation, but the Packers move on, and uh, they're looking pretty good. They look they look like a different team, man, a different team than they were last year. 
Uh, and they, they have a really good shot at, at making the Super Bowl. Yeah, man. And when I was just thinking this, when you were saying, you know, they got a long off season, um, they won't, they're going to have to land their late round picks. I was thinking, you know, because golf is in that contract, like you can't get, the Rams are stuck with that contract. They can't get out of it unless they want to just destroy their deck cap. You know, they'll have an unreal amount of deck cap money. Um, if they were to cut Jared Goff, what I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams decide, you know, we're going to draft a quarterback, maybe, um, maybe day three of the draft, um, maybe like a Kellen Bond or some, a developmental quarterback, maybe like a Jamie Newman per se, and like just let him sit behind Goff and let him develop. Um, until you can really move along from Jared Goff's contract. And once it comes to that point, hopefully your developmental quarterback is ready to start in the NFL. Maybe he can lead the offense and do better than what Goff has done. Um, at, there's nothing wrong with what Goff has done at quarterback for the Rams. Like he had a couple, had a couple incredible years with the Rams, but he was basically a product of that offense of Sean McVay's offense and teams really started to figure it out and they've been able to turn Jared Goff into a probably about just slightly above average quarterback, but he's more serviceable now. But when he, when Goff is on, he, he, he can play some damn good football, but I, the Rams have to start thinking about the future um, especially time, um, the time after Jared Goff, because you know that there's going to be a time when they're going to need a new quarterback. And I think they have to jump up on the opportunity that, you know, there's some developmental talent there that have good arm talent in this draft class that have good size, but need further development as players. So Jamie Newman, Kellen um, Mond, those are guys that they'll have to take a close look at the senior bowl. Um, and I believe Mond is Mond and Newman are going to be on the Panther side um, of the, of the senior bowl. So it'll be interesting to see how well they do, how well Newman and Mond does um, at the senior bowl. Um, that'll be interesting to watch. Um, I'll be keeping a close eye on those guys because they will be potential quarterbacks for the Panthers. If they decide to, you know, we're just going to stick with Bridgewater for one more year and develop the roster as we go then draft a quarterback in 2022 or something like that. But anyways, Rams have a long offseason. Rodgers and company, they're just a phenomenal football team all the way around. Um, they they have – they could definitely – more. they have a good shot at probably going or winning the, the NFC Championship by 10 points at least. It w- I wouldn't be surprised if it's a close game, but we'll get to that here shortly. Let's talk about Bills Rams or Bills Ravens. Bills beat the Ravens 17 to three, an impressive, impressive defensive, uh, defensive performance. Um, the Bills may not have like, I don't even think they have a weakness on that team. They're not great in some areas, but they're good enough to like mask those potential weaknesses. Like they have the talent and the depth to really make impacts. 
uh, on both sides of the ball. Um, the Ravens have questions to answer on offense and on defense. Well, not really on defense. Their defense is rock solid. They have great players all all throughout the defense. Um, but they they have to get Lamar Jackson better weapons in the passing game. Marquise Brown and Willie Sneed, they're just not going to cut it. Brown could be a really good slot receiver, but I don't think he needs to be playing on the boundary or being your top weapon. Sure, it's nice to have three tight ends that can catch the football really well, but, you know, Jackson needs to evolve as just not just a runner and being an occasional passer. You need to let him throw the ball more, especially if you're going to have to extend him over the next five to six years with a big-ass contract. So maybe a new offensive coordinator is in the mix. Who knows? But the Bills are just a phenomenal football team. Josh Allen, great quarterback, something we never thought we'd be saying. Um, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, that chemistry is just – it looks unbreakable. That That's just an incredible duo, great quarterback-receiver tandem that looks unbreakable. That's going to probably dominate the AFC East for years to come. That's just going to be a fun group to watch um, over the next several years. Sean McDermott – Brian DeBall, they they have such a great team going both overall and on offense. You know, this is going to be a good team for many years to come in the AFC East. This is probably the Bills' division to lose throughout the next five to six years at least because the Patriots are are starting to fall off a little bit now. The dynasty is over. Bill Belichick could be retiring here in a couple years. Josh McDaniels, who knows how long he's going to be around. He may even be gone this offseason. So, you know, now it's time for the Bills to shine and rise up and become the team in the AFC that can dominate that division for years to come. They still got to deal with Miami and New York. If New York ends up getting a good quarterback in the draft and they're able to really develop the roster around um, their new quarterback, or even Sam Darnold. They could just stick with Sam Darnold. He gets better, and voila, you still got your franchise quarterback. But, you know, the Bills, they, I think they should be the favorite to win the Super Bowl right now out of the four teams remaining, in my opinion. They just don't have a really big weakness on that roster. Um, so very impressed with the Bills' performance over the Ravens. Um, Lamar Jackson shut down. He left the game with a concussion. Sucks for him. Mark Ingram was also just recently released. Um, so the Ravens also have their set of question marks for this offseason. But, you know, the Bills, impressive performance against the, against the Ravens. Um, what do you think of that game from um, Buffalo? You know, because the one thing was when um, the rest of Blue Chip Scouting was doing our meeting, which you should have been a part of my guy. Come on. Like we were like TV was back for me. I was 30 seconds behind and everyone was reacting to like Justin Tucker missing kicks. I'm like, bro, I'm he don't spoil it for me. (laughs) I hate having spectrum TV and being 30 seconds behind everyone else. You know, it, it, it sucks. But what do you think about the bills? Um, from Saturday night. Yeah, man. Uh, the Bills, you know, they found a way to win a lot of games this year in, in different ways. You know, they 
did a, a defensive battle, obviously on Saturday night. You know, they, they beat the Colts with, you know, their defense as well. So their defense is, is something to highlight. I mean, you know, they, they play really well. You know, obviously they struggle, you know, against the Titans and Chiefs in the regular season, but they are a much better and much improved team. They, uh, play a lot better now, play more as a more cohesive unit. We know how good Allen and, and Diggs have been, but the defense is, is the reason that they're still here and still thriving right now. So I expect them to, you know, play really well uh, against the Chiefs next week uh, or later this week, I should say. And, you know, they they have built the team pretty much from the ground up. It's not one of those things where they had to trade a ton of people, but they drafted really well. They've gotten guys. They got their main corner, got their quarterback receiver. So uh, now, you know, it's just about putting it all together. And they're going to give the Chiefs a really good game, you know, and I, and I really hope it comes down to the last moments. I don't know if they're ready yet for the Super Bowl. I think Allen has to play his best game of his career against Kansas City because it's going to be him and Mahomes going toe to toe, assuming that Mahomes is healthy and is able to play. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But man, you got to be excited to see Buffalo with the chance to go to the Super Bowl. You know, this is a team that hadn't made it since the early 90s when they made it four years in a row and uh, lost each time. But, uh, man, they're just one win away from the Super Bowl, and we could potentially get maybe a Bills-Packers Super Bowl. That will be pretty exciting. Uh, a Bills-Bucks, you know, whatever kind of happens and shakes out, you, you'll you be happy with the outcome because, you know, you're essentially going to get a young budding star in the AFC, either Mahomes or Allen, going against a veteran that, you know, two future Hall of Famers and, and Brady and Rodgers and, and two of the best to ever play the game. So either way, you're going to get an incredible matchup in the Super Bowl, and, and I'm excited to see uh, who comes away with the win. Speaking of um, the matchups, like, Mahomes and Allen, the young stars versus the legends of Rodgers and uh, Brady. It's it's almost like passing on the torch to, you know, the next stars and future um, and the franchises of those teams. You know, it, it it's really it's just so unique to see like all these great players, all these great quarterbacks going head to head and. Um, in these championship games this weekend. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for the Bills overall just for their future. And as I've noted before, this is a team that could probably dominate the AFC East for the next several years to come like New England did. Um, Buffalo should be the favorite to win um, the AFC, to win the AFC East next year. I think that's without question. They definitely are the favorite to win it next year. I don't see really if New England brings back noon and they're able to get weapons around them to let them succeed in the passing game and also have an offensive coordinator that can just be consistent as a play caller, you know, sorry for going on this rant, but you know, New England could maybe make a push for the AFC East championship again. But again, I think this is the Bills division to win. Um, the Ravens, they're still, they're going to be a playoff contender as long as Jim Harbaugh is the head coach and as long as they have Lamar Jackson and that defense, uh, 
they're they're going to be in the playoffs probably um, every year or at least every other year um, for years to come. As long as Lamar Jackson is the starting quarterback for that team, he is a franchise quarterback. He is a guy that can lead your team um, to victory because he can do so much with not only his arm but his legs. He is such an elite runner as a quarterback. Um, and like I said, the Ravens have some work to do offensively, um, especially at the offensive coordinator position. You know, will Greg Roman change up the offense and turn that offense into a more of a spread look with um, better receivers? Maybe bring in Allen Robinson or Curtis Samuel. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? But, you know, um, the Bills, bright future ahead. Speaking of the Chiefs. They beat the Browns 22 to 17 in a pretty interesting game um, on Sunday afternoon. Um, I was pulling for the Browns in that game. I was like, you know, the Browns, like their destinies were this, all that. The downfall of that team from that game was inconsistent play calling from Stefanski, which we've seen at times this season, and that's just part of being a new head coach in the NFL. Um, his inconsistency came at the wrong time. Like they had several drives where I think they had like three straight possessions, all of which resulted in just three points. And they also had that Rashad Higgins fumble that went for a touchback. That's such a stupid rule. Um, but people were like, Oh, it's just the rules are the rules, blah, blah, blah. Look, Shut the hell up, man. Come on. Touchback rule is so stupid, bro. It's so stupid. I don't like it. Some changes got to be made to that rule at least. Um, but like, I, I, I don't know, man. But another thing that was downfall of Cleveland's was their defense. Their defense has been horrible all year. Um, they did have Denzel Ward back, but it wasn't enough. They just, they couldn't, at with the times they needed to get the Chiefs offense off the field, they couldn't, and that's what cost them. You know, if they have to work on that defense this offseason, the Browns, that's number one priority. Your offense is set, except for maybe getting some more speed, Guys that can actually run a four five or better on at wide receiver. That's a concern. But the defense needs to be top priority. You need speed on that defense. You need guys at the second level that can move around, play versatile roles. Um, you need good cornerbacks opposite of Denzel Ward. You need a healthy um, Greedy Williams. Um, you, you just need a lot of improvement there. And Joe Bray and Joe Wood is not a great defensive coordinator. Two straight years of bad defense is not good. Joe Wood needs to go. Simple as that. They need a better defensive coordinator. I know someone who might be willing to come in and coach on defense. He's one of the best defensive coordinators ever. Wade Phillips. Go get Wade Phillips, my guy. Wade Phillips would be the thing, would be the guy they need to help that defense out. He knows how to keep the defenses disciplined. And we've seen it when he was 
with Denver, when we saw when he was with L.A., you know, any team he's been a defensive coordinator for, at least a head coach, their defense has been really, really solid or a great defense. You'd get Wade Phillips for maybe just one or two more years. You have a chance to have a really good defense and a really good offense, and the Browns could be in the Super Bowl in the next couple of years. You know, that that's a big difference from what they have with Joe Wood. So they got a lot of work to do this offseason on the defensive side of the ball offense. Really, they just need to speed that wide receiver. Um, I don't know if Jarvis Landry will be back. I don't know if um, OBJ will be back. If OBJ does come back and he is healthy and the chemistry can get better between him and Mayfield, I think I think things will still be fine with Cleveland. I think there's they're a playoff contender for years to come in the AFC. Simple as that. Pittsburgh is starting to go downhill. Ravens are still going to be a contender. Bengals are starting to come on the rise. I think the Browns have the best roster overall in the AFC North right now in terms of overall talent. But the Chiefs, man, it could be in trouble in the AFC Championship. They might not have Patrick Mahomes, who went down with an injury uh, or went down with a concussion. Um, when I saw him get up, I was like, oh, he does not look good. And then he started, like, falling over. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, this guy, he, he's concussed, concussed. So they're, if Chad Henney, Chad Henney, the guy that lost to Appalachian State at Michigan, if he's the starting quarterback, give me the bills all day. Now, here's the thing. Credit to Andy Reid for having a masterful offense. Chad Henney looked good at times because of just how good the Chiefs offense is around him. Like, you put Teddy Bridgewater on that offense, he will succeed nicely because they have a great offensive line, elite weapons, guys that can get open easily. Like, it's just a masterful offense. Hopefully Patrick Mahomes is healthy and we get a great game uh, between the Bills and the Chiefs. Um, but if Mahomes can't go, that could spell trouble for um, for the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. I want to know your thoughts on this real quick, and then we got to get to Bucks Saints. Um, what do you think of the Chiefs? Are they in trouble if um, Chad Henney is starting? Um, and do you think the Browns definitely need some improvements on defense? Yeah, the Browns need to update their linebacking core. I think that's the biggest weakness on their defense right now. You know, they just don't have the guys that can make those plays, especially in those one-on-one situations. They they really got to take a hard look at this linebacker class, maybe get a Zayvon Collins, uh, you know, maybe get uh, someone like, you know, uh, Nick Bolton or, or something like that. One of those uh, guys after Micah Parsons, obviously he's probably going to be the first linebacker off the board. And uh, Owusa Koromora is probably going to be off the board as well. So, I think they're going to have to really take a hard look at their, um, you know, their linebacking core. I think that's the first thing they need to upgrade and then the secondary right after, you know, and then potentially getting another edge rusher to pair with Miles Garrett. They got to make upgrades on the defense because their offense right now, they, they look set up for the next couple of years to uh, be really good. Rashad Higgins has been surprisingly good for. Um, the Browns and has had a major connection with Baker. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones has, has flashed a bit. Uh, David Njoku, I don't understand why he 
hadn't been playing more. He was super reliable against the Chiefs on Sunday. Um, and then obviously Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be back in the fold. I think they probably move on from Jarvis Landry. Um, I think he, he's been a really good leader and, and someone that they can depend on, but they need to upgrade that position. They need some, someone with a little bit more speed that can stretch the field a little bit and, and do a little bit more. Cause Landry, man, he's pretty much, he's, he works from that five to 15 yard area. You know, he can make a big catch down the field every now and then, but. He's kind of like an Edelman mode where you get him one-on-one isolated with linebackers and safeties. He's able to, to win those matchups. But, uh, you know, the, mon- the amount of money he's going to be asking for, I don't think they're going to be willing to pay it. So I think they move on from it, especially with the emergence of Higgins as well as Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, which sucks. But I think it's just the nature of the business. They can't pay him $15 million a year. So I think he moves on from them. But the Browns are set up to, to – be good over the next couple of years. You know, they, they have their play caller and, and, and I know a lot of people were questioning Stefanski's play calling, but at the end of the day, man, they still had a chance to win, you know, and it came down to the defense making a stop. They just weren't able to. And that's just the nature of the game. The chiefs made a really bold move on, on that fourth and one, and you got to give them credit for making a play. You know, it, it sucks in, especially with the Browns having a chance to, potentially go down the field and taking a lead, especially with Mahomes out of the game, you know? So to me, you know, it could have been a lot worse. You know, the game looked like it could have got out of hand really quick. You know, they went down 19 to three at halftime, but they fought back and, and had a chance to win late. So that's all you can ask for out of your team. And uh, the Browns have to be proud of their season. And like you said, that rule, uh, it has to be changed, but I don't know if it will be only because of how few situations we have where that is, happens and we know how nfl is unwilling to change the rules so owners probably won't uh, agree to a rule change in that perspective but uh that'll be something to discuss over the summer for sure but uh the chiefs man they're they're in trouble my homes can't go you know i, I like chad henney but he's not nowhere near the level uh, of efficient that Mahomes is in, in running that offense you know Mahomes makes them unbeatable Chad Henney makes them – if Chad Henney started the whole season, they could still possibly make the playoffs. But Mahomes makes the Chiefs unbeatable uh, with his ability to to work out a structure and the chemistry he has with his receivers. So if he can't go, man, it's going to be trouble for the Chiefs. I think they still put up a great fight without Mahomes, but the Bills certainly have to be the favorites to win. But Mahomes plays, you know, you can't bet against him. You know, this is the third straight AFC championship game that they played in. And I believe it's the third straight they have hosted as well. Um, so it, it's crazy to think, think, the, think about that, you know, and think that they have been super successful, ridiculously su- successful since he's taken over at quarterback. Uh, but the Chiefs are in very good position to win. And, uh, we'll do the preview later on this week, but you know, Ty Matthews is going to be a big name to watch for that game. I'm with you there. Um, and something you were talking about, like the defense, like the Chiefs going for it on fourth and one. I was like, when that was, when I knew they were keeping the offense on the field, I'm like, they're going to get the first down because of just how bad the Browns defense is. Like it, I was like, this game is over. As soon as it went to fourth and one and they went spread instead of going, like, if they were more, like, bunched up, like, goal line offense, full back in the backfield, 
like downhill power like halfback dive on fourth and one. I would have been like, okay, Browns might have a shot here. But you spread them out with the corners that the Chiefs had opposite of Denzel Ward. It was not going to go well. I don't know why they I don't know why they were not playing more press, especially in that situation. When you're when you do rollout passes like that, you need to play more press. You need to be on the receiver, like on him. They I don't know why the corner was so off, so far off from Tyreek Hill. It drove me nuts. Like, what are you doing? You're you need to play more press there. Have more leverage there, man. Don't play five yards off the ball. That's an easy first down no matter what. It's just so aggravating. I don't know if that's what he was taught to do or that's what he decided to do. It, it's just and that annoyed me the most. But, yeah, I'm with you there. Browns um, Browns got some work to do on defense. Uh, they need an edge rusher outside of uh, Miles Garrett. They definitely need uh, better linebackers. They need better corners. Um, I think they're fine at safety. Plus, Grant Delpit's going to be back next season, so that's going to be a huge plus, especially if Delpit can show he's um, the future on that back end of the secondary. Carl Joseph, Ronnie Harrison, and Grant Delpit, that's a really good safety group. Um, if they run three safeties all season long next season, I wouldn't have a problem with it because they got some dudes on that back end. Um, but yeah, the Chiefs are going to be in a weird position if Matt Moore, if not Matt Moore, um, if Chad Henney is going to be the starter. So that's going to be really inter- interesting to see. Let's talk about the Bucks Saints. I know you're going to be unhappy about this. Tampa Bay beat New Orleans 30 to 20. Um, Tampa Bay just playing excellent defense. Drew Brees' arm, again, failed him. And he threw how many picks? Three, four, four picks? Four interceptions? Three interceptions. Not a way you want it in your Hall of Fame career. And I was like, man, they could have gone to the Super Bowl the year, um, in 2018, man. Like, they didn't – if they – that pass interference call didn't happen, which I think is kind of bullshit. And which it was, which it still is to this day. Saints would be in the Super Bowl right now. Saints would definitely be in the Super Bowl. They would, Breeze would have probably had another uh, ring. He probably would have had a shot at winning league MVP. At least one of these last couple years. It just sucks, man. Like, it, it's been a true honor to watch Drew Brees play. Like, I know as the Panthers fan, it is he annoyed the hell out of me every time we play them. But when, but just looking over as just the player and the human he was, just an awesome human, an awesome player, Hall of Fame career, all-time great, one of the best QBs ever. Like, he he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I have no doubts about that. Um, but the Saints are in for a long off season. They got a lot of question marks too. They could be heading into a rebuild. And something that I noticed when watching the end of that game after Breeze threw that last 
to that third interception, he looked over at Winston and he was like, it's your team now. Go get them. And I was like, I really hope Winston can turn into a, something good. And why, why wasn't Winston starting from the get-go, man? We were talking about this at the, at the earlier in the season. Winston threw a 56-yard, 54, 56-yard touchdown pass. Bomb. Like, beautiful deep ball. Something we haven't seen from the Saints all year. I'm like, what is this? The obsession with Taysom Hill is just so bad. So bad. And look, I, I don't, like, having an injury is horrible. It's part of the game, and I hope Taysom Hill had a speedy recovery. But I was low-key happy he was not playing in this game because I was like, oh, hallelujah, we don't have to deal with Taysom Hill hype all, all game long. It's just so annoying. But Tampa Bay, that defense is elite, man. They are a great defense. Um, Devin White will probably be the best linebacker in football in a couple years, especially with Levante David getting up there in age, with Bobby Wagner get, getting up there in age. Devin White's going to be a special player. I, I, I was high on him in the draft. He went higher than I expected, but I think being the fifth overall pick in the draft wasn't too bad after all because White's really, really freaking good. But Tom Brady, he does, he looks great. Um, he, he's playing, I think, is some of his best football ever at 43 years old, which is phenomenal. Um, Bucks Packers is going to be a great game. Um, and it would just be unreal if we see Tom Brady go to the Super Bowl again and win a seventh ring with his second team. Just incredible. Incredible. So, I need your thoughts on this. I know this is going to be hard, but what do you think happened? Man, um, the Saints beat themselves, man. That's all I can really come down to, uh, point, boil it down to. The turnovers were the direct cause of the loss. You know, they're, the Saints defense played pretty well against Tampa Bay, there were some missed opportunities by the Bucks. They they missed a touchdown to Godwin right before the half, but uh, it was all there. You know, they had a chance. They were up 20 to 13 before uh, Jared Cook fumbled, and they were going to go up two scores, and we don't know what, what would happen from that game uh, if they went down and scored on that drive. So the momentum swung on that play, and then it just pretty much spiraled out of control from there. You know, interceptions, uh, inability to move the football. And uh it just got to a point where Drew Brees, they said, you beat us with your arm and you couldn't do it anymore. You know, and that's the sign of that it's time for you to retire, man. You know, same thing with Peyton Manning. He couldn't beat teams with his arm anymore. You know, uh, a lot of wobbly passes, no zip on the ball, uh, inaccuracies. You know, we saw the whole thing this year with Brees, man. And ultimately it came down to Sean Payton's ego. He didn't want to bench Breeze. It's hard to bench a Hall of Famer, someone that's done so much for the city and the organization. And it 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 was time to bench him after that second interception in that game because they had a chance to save that game. They did, you they know, did. multiple times, and they didn't. And you know, it was disappointing. But 
at the end of the day, I knew that even if they won, it was going to be an uphill battle against the Packers anyway. So it just would have been another week that we had to pretty much try wow. and, and save his, his career pretty much and, and try to extend it because he wasn't going to be able to lead the team and, and be that 300, 400-yard passer anymore. Uh, they really needed to play complimentary football. They really weren't able to get a running game going with Kamara, and uh, they had no Latavius Murray and obviously no Hill as well to, to come in and run the ball. So the Bucks pretty much said, we're going to play man defense. You got to make those tight window throws. If you can't make them, we're going to make you pay. And they did that. And, you know, like I said, I'm at this point, you know, it, it was I, we talked about it. You know, the Winston is going to have to play at some point. He came in through a touchdown, you know, and that's exactly what I expected him to do. I didn't expect the play call, but I expected him to come in and, and make immediate impact um, and attack the deep portion of the field. Something Saints fans haven't seen in pretty much uh, Bree's entire career, really, with New Orleans. Uh, pretty much after like the 2015, 16 season, he stopped throwing a deep, you know, and, and uh, attacking the deep thirds of of, the, of a defense. But at the end of the day, man, you know, it was Tampa's time. The defense played extremely well, and you know it. For me, being a Saints fan, man, it was just more about the Saints beat themselves, man. I know that you got to give credit to Tampa for their defense and, and ability to adjust, especially at halftime. But the Saints had the game to win. You know, they had chances to win. They had a chance early in the game to to pretty much throw a knockout blow to the Bucks again. You know, they got a great punt return off the bat, then had a touchdown call back on the punt return. Could have been 14 nothing right there. And then, you know, like I said, right Right after the third quarter, Saints went down and scored, forced Tampa to punt. I had another chance to go up two scores. So, missed opportunities are is going to be what this is going to be thought about when you think about the Saints from 2017 to 2021. You know, just so many opportunities missed, especially in the playoffs. Minnesota miracle, the no call against the Rams uh, last year against the Vikings, they couldn't close them out. You know, they let them hang around, and the Vikings ended up winning. Same thing with the Bucks this year. So. Got a long offseason ahead. Got to replace Dan Campbell as well as uh, one of our guys in the front office, Terry Fontenot. Um, and got to really fix this cap situation and figure out what we're going to do at quarterback. So long offseason ahead. Uh, looking forward to a lot of people mocking Mac Jones to the Saints, even though that's probably not where they're going to go, um, especially if they bring Jameis Winston back. I think they, they definitely have something in him and have some potential in him, but We'll see what happens. I would expect one of the contracts that could end up being let go is Taysom Hill. I'm that's taking up a lot of cap space. You don't pay a gadget player that much money. You just don't. Uh, that's just not good. Um, I think they're going to let Ryan uh, Rizeki. They're going to let him go. Um, they're going to let him walk in free agency. Um, they, they got a lot of question marks on that offense. They're going to have to let go of some guys that are taking up a lot of the gap space. Um, it, it's just going to be really inter- interesting to see. Um, Saints have, for years, have have really made people question whether or not um, the cap salary is real, if the cap is really a myth. Um 
And now they're in a tough position now that they're going to have to make some very hard choices this offseason. And that could mean we may not see the Saints in the playoffs next year. We may see someone else win the uh, win the NFC win the NFC South next year. And you know Tampa Bay would probably be the favorite, especially if Tom Brady continues to play like he has, and he continues on this play from this season on this late in the season on to next year. And also, I don't know if Atlanta is going to be back in it. They could, especially if um, Arthur Smith can do a good job as a head coach. Um, but also another team that could be in the mix is if Carolina nails this offseason, they could be right back in the playoff mix, you know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the, um, in the NFC South because you got – be like the only team that's really going to be on the rise in that division is Carolina. Because they're really they're nicely set up for the future. Um, they've been rumored to be in talks um, or in interest for Deshaun Watson. Um, this is something we could probably talk about Thursday. Um, is like what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson? Um, I'm not the biggest fan of trading for Deshaun Watson as a Panthers fan, just because you know I think you. It, it's up to the GM, it's up to the head coach rule and uh, fitter about what or how they're going to do this offseason. I just don't expect them to make a big-time trade like that, um, and a, a historic trade at that, um, which it will be if a team ends up trading for Deshaun Watson successfully. So that's going to be interesting to see. Um I know we're going to be previewing the games, um, the AFC and NFC Championship um, this uh, this Thursday on the next episode of the podcast. But I want to go ahead and give my Super Bowl pick, or at least my two teams for the Super Bowl. If Patrick Mahomes is healthy, Chiefs Packers. If the if Mahomes isn't healthy, give me Packers Bills. I feel like I'm going to make a mistake at doubting Tom Brady and the. Fun fact is, uh, no league MVP since Kurt Warner has won a Super Bowl. Not one. Cam Newton didn't win the Super Bowl when he won league MVP and made it to the Super Bowl. You know, could could the same thing happen with Aaron Rodgers? Maybe, maybe not. I'm hoping he goes on to win a Super Bowl. But we'll make a prediction about who wins the Super Bowl um, after Senior Bowl week. We'll definitely start getting into that. Um, next week, no podcast. Um, we'll be focusing on the Senior Bowl um, as we'll be covering it virtually, Devin and I. Um, I'll be covering um, the Carolina Panthers, wide receivers, and cornerbacks. Um, I don't remember what Devin has. I think he's got the offensive line for Carolina. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Is is Carolina American or uh, national? I think, the, I think they're the American team. I think I might be covering the Dolphins' offensive line then. I think Mike is covering the Panthers' offensive line. Okay. I'll, I'll I, could, I could be wrong, though. I could be wrong, though. But Yeah, but I'll, I'll check on that. But, um. Yeah, right now my pick is Packers-Bills. If Mahomes is healthy and we find out that he has a chance of playing, 
um, this weekend. Give me Chiefs Packers for the Super Bowl. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys Thursday, or if you're listening to this, we'll see you'll be hearing us on Friday. Peace.